Zach Roll. Uh, and today we're discussing Season 3, Episode 4, All in the Family, the uh, continuing saga of Dexter trying to figure out if he's going to marry Rita and uh, some other things as well. What did you guys think of this episode? Man, we're what? This, this episode 4, God. And we're already starting with the filler. This this episode took forever. It was such a slog to get through. Like I, it was it was punishing to watch. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This one was long and boring. Oh my gosh, what a snoozer! I mean, I got some good sleep, but uh, you know the episode was still on when I woke up. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're doing these things where they're like editing three boring plot lines together to try and make it exciting and it just doesn't work it's like oh yeah this is still happening and I don't care oh this is happening too still didn't care oh they're having yeah. a baby uh. <laughs> I'm I'm so sick of hearing the name Freebo right now I, I just I'm like stop talking about this Freebo dude uh, yeah. So all episode, can we just randomly yell out Freebo just to irritate Zach? <laughs> every time uh, I hear the name Freebo, every time I hear Freebo, I hear it in the the junky Dexter voice, and it just is <laughs> grating. And you picture him eating Oreos really, really fast I, I do. and awkwardly. Yeah, same. <laughs> well, this starts with Dexter and Rita having a disastrous time trying to tell Aster and Cody that Rita is pregnant. Dexter blurts it out and then later promises Cody a puppy as well as the baby. Aster points out that they're not married. Uh, Dexter abruptly asks Rita why they don't just get married in front of the kids. She says they're not going to decide the day, and then later she chastises Dexter by saying, What were you thinking? Rita says she married Paul because she got pregnant. She only wants Dexter to marry her if he loves her. Um, there's a difference between being a father and a husband. And he doesn't have to be both. That's true. Uh, my brother fell into that trap, and uh, he married someone because they got pregnant, and that didn't work out. So, <laughs> good job, Rita. Yeah, it only took her Paul to figure it out. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slight misstep. So, um, there's some good comedy there, uh, but that's that's about all. That just kind of sets the stage for what happens at the end. Um, Dexter and Rita are at Miguel and Sills again. Ramon is being a jerk again and ends up leaving. Miguel asks Dexter to share their secret with Ramon that Freebo's dead. Freebo. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves Freebo. Freebo's been dead for two episodes now and we just can't, can't let it go. Uh, Dexter's called to a crime scene. There's a woman who escaped an attack but her fiance was killed. Deb gets a text from Yuki and goes outside to see Quinn driving an expensive car. Deb and Quinn try to question the woman about the attacker, but she keeps talking about her fiancé. And she starts freaking out about some of the fiancé's clothes being taken away, but Quinn calms her down and takes her to pick out a shirt to take with her. So nothing that has happened yet in this episode matters. And at this point I started to tune out. I don't care about the Quinn storyline. I, oh, it's it's just so bad at this point. Well, Quinn is written so that you don't like him in the early episodes. And then, by this point, like, no one really is really cares about him. 
but then we see him like do this Jedi mind trick on this woman and it's like well is that a good thing is that a bad thing and at first Deb seems to think it's a good thing like how did he figure out how to get the witnesses to do what he wants like that um so it's just like they're just trying to explore this character um that they're just now establishing and uh we're still like on simple terms it's just is what yuki is saying true that quinn's a dirty cop he's driving a cadillac but is he also really good at his job that he can get a uh, witness or whatever to calm down and talk to him they just haven't had Quinn on enough for us to even care about anything to do with him. That's the thing. They didn't develop him at all, which I know the point is, is he good, is he bad? I get it, but there was just no build-up to him being anybody of any kind of interest where I really care what happens. Just, you know, bust him, Yuki. I don't care. Just get him off the show. Well, they launched into this storyline in the first episode of the season. We had only seen him on screen for, like, 20 seconds at that point yeah. so how could you care right and that's that's why it's another reason that this is one of those really bad storylines running through the season so far yeah it's also like 50% or more of what they're doing with Deb's character is she's trying to figure out if this guy's a good guy or not and dealing with whether or not she's going to help Yuki and so it's a pretty big waste of her uh, her time as well. Well, I mean, Miami Metro doesn't have much else to do. So yeah. <laughs> so not that I've ever done this before, but I've decided that I'm going to start taking sides for these some of these characters, and I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm not you don't know me to do this very often, but uh, I love <laughs> Quinn. I think he's great. Uh, I I really feel like he oh, he's great. like he's getting he's getting the moment to shine right here, where he's just like you know. People talk a lot of trash about him or whatever Yuki's spitting. I thought I liked Yuki. I'm not Team Yuki anymore. Uh, I, think Quinn, I think Quinn has got the She these, opened like, her mouth. Was that the problem? Yeah. Yeah, she spoke too much and I was like, I'm finished with you. I think this is Quinn's opportunity to really show who he is because maybe he's misunderstood and, you know, and, and we'll get a chance to learn more about him and his, uh, his craft in the future. So you're trying to contradict all of our feelings to try to make this one somewhat interesting because otherwise it's not going to be because there's nothing good to talk about. I mean, I don't know how long we're going to be with Quinn, so I feel like we should at least give the guy, you know, uh, the benefit of the doubt. This conversation so far has already been better than the Quinn storyline, so. Uh, I'll give you that. Rita is arguing with Aster in the bathroom at work. I guess Rita still works at the hotel. We haven't seen her there for a long time. Um, she has to deal with a customer complaint about not being able to see the sunset over the ocean. Rita tries to explain to her that Miami is on the east coast and the sun sets in the west. And Rita ends up calling the woman a bitch and gets fired. So we, we brought her back to the hotel just in time to, to fire her and give her some, uh, some financial distress. Yeah, that was not smart of her to do for sure but you know she's got a lot going on so can you blame her i mean it was like uh it's yeah but that's kind of the high point of the episode yeah, yeah. Z- and, and we know zach is team sunset bitch 
But <laughs> like, well, not every character. She totally had it coming. And yeah, I greatly enjoyed that part. Like at some point, the manager is just lurking there in the background. Totally doesn't have Rita's back. It. it I was waiting for her to just punch her, or like uh, she she was having morning sickness, and so just projectile vomit on this woman, just something, get her out. Yeah. If only she knew about Dexter, she could move her to a better room. That's true. A kill room. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, um, yeah, I put a note in here about uh, bitches and how they get me fired. Um, this actually only happened one time, but, uh, when I was probably 15 or 16, I worked at Dairy Queen. Oh, I remember this. Go ahead. Yeah. I was, um, I was the youngest manager in the history of that particular set of, of franchises. I was, I was a manager at 16 and, uh, I was working like as many hours as I could get. I was in a school play that we have rehearsals till fairly late. And and I was working at three different stores that were anywhere from like the closest one was about half an hour from my house. The furthest one was about an hour from my house. And so I was like going through all these different places, all these different stores burning the oil burning the oil at both ends with the with the play practices and stuff and just really tired and worn out so before i became a manager i'd had this run in with one of the managers at the local store where it was me and her and like two or three other girls that were working that night and there was nothing for me to do we were really slow they should have sent me home, but they just refused to send me home. And she kept coming up with stupid stuff for me to work on, like pour all, take all of these machines out and, and clean the floors underneath them. It's like, we do that once a month. Like, I don't need to do that on a Tuesday night. Just send me home. This is ridiculous. And after about an hour of that, I was like, you are really being a bitch right now, sending me all this stuff. The owner found out about this, and I got in trouble for it. So fast forward to, I'm now a manager of, of stores, um, and uh, I'm not a manager of stores. I'm a manager in terms of when I'm on shift as a manager, I'm in charge. And I go to uh, one like this little rinky-dink store they have um, that is, is always dead, uh, and, and nothing's going on there. But I happen to be there with the manager and like a trainee and the manager and the trainee are there it's dead 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 i get there after play practice i am just exhausted there's nothing to do um i'm supposed to be there like until close to close the store down and i get to the point where i'm so bored i start uh doing their cake decoration orders which like don't need to be done for like another three or four days but like I'm just back there decorating cakes and decorating cakes and decorating cakes. I finish all of their cake decorations and I'm like, manager, can I, can I call it a night? Like we've been here, we haven't had a customer for two and a half hours. If someone comes through the drive-thru, the two of you will be able to handle it. It's not that big of a deal. And she said, yes, you can go in half an hour. Okay. 
So I wait at 29 minutes into my half an hour, someone comes through the drive-thru and orders a Sunday, And she says, I can't leave. I have to make the Sunday. I have to serve the Sunday. And I said, okay, the two of you couldn't handle a Sunday. You're acting like a bitch and I'm out of here. And I left. And uh, I got home uh, from school the next day and got a message from one of the managers at my store to tell me that the owner had found out about this and had called and said that I don't need to come into work tonight. I just need to bring in my uniform and I'm done. (laughs) So two people being bitches and being called on it. And I was like all upset about it at the time. Um, I did like this hilarious thing where I like uh, guilt trip the owner because I did eventually talk to him. I was like, yeah, I was just, I was so busy between working at all three of your stores and um, I just bought a car so I could get in between the stores faster and not have to leech a car off my mom. And now I got that payment to deal with and all of that kind of stuff. But then I told the story to my aunt and my aunt was like, Dale, if you called someone a bitch, I would be willing to bet that they were a bitch. Because <laughs> that's just not the kind of thing you do. It's like, they were, they were, but... Now, now, I, now I don't have a minimum wage job anymore, so. Yeah, you missed you out. Your heart. <sighs> yeah, but, but you did lose the uh, liquid gold cheese fries. Uh, yeah. I, right. I know how to make them legit, though. Like, <laughs> I, that's the only thing I do when I go back to, to our hometown is get cheese fries, just FYI. Yeah, it is. Uh, they they buy. Magical. It's Cheese Whiz. That's what it is. I remember you told me that, but I, it's not the same. I it, tried it. It's a hundred percent what it is. <laughs> they ha- they get like a um, whatever that size. It's like a gallon, like a coffee can sized one, and they put it on a little burner. It's just like the same thing they used to heat the hot fudge up. It's the best. And they just pump it through there, and yeah, it's just just cheese whiz. And then guys, guys, sometimes they put them on the burgers. They do. Gooey cheeseburger. You can get a gooey cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. This conversation, this. this conversation is still better than this episode. <laughs> not sure how I feel about you saying it. Like it's not just a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Try a gooey cheeseburger with cheese whiz, then talk to me. All right. But yeah, I, I guess my I, the the point of my story is that I back Rita on calling someone a bitch when they're being a bitch. Um, even though it, it may not may not be the best thing to do for your job, so <laughs> sometimes you gotta say it. <laughs> they may not know. They may not realize. <laughs> like, hey, the way you're acting, I'm not saying that you are a bitch. I'm saying that your actions are bitch-like. Yeah, but now she doesn't have a job, and she's not gonna be able to pay the <laughs> bills. And original Cody's gonna say job. it's all her fault. <laughs> and it, it just it spirals out of control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's better than if you keep whining like a bitch, I have to slap you like a bitch. <laughs> that's true. You know, that's that's a threat. So, uh, let's see. Dexter makes a point of running into Ramon at a bar. Ramon's a total prick, and Dexter keeps picking at him. 
Dexter turns Ramon into a grenade while talking about how Miguel told Dexter that he had found closure with Oscar's death. Uh, LaGuerta drops in to ask Miguel again about Chicky Hines, everyone's favorite dessert topping, Chicky Hines. Uh, Miguel turns the conversation around and makes it about her grief about Dokes and then immediately apologizes again. That's just like his get-out-of-jail card with LaGuerta. He just mentions Dokes and says he's sorry and rubs his hair and she does, leaves. Does all those Jimmy Smiths things. All the Jimmy Smiths ticks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, ugh. Um, Quinn, Deb, Dexter, and Angel have a quick update on their cases. Masuka shows up with tickets to some bullshit he's doing, but everyone finds... Everyone but Dexter finds an excuse not to go. My favorite part is Dexter even talks about how they're writing his character at this point. He's like, and now Masuka's just the jester. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Thank you, Dexter. Well, there's also a couple of times where he's talking about how, like, there's the lead characters and there's the side characters... And it's actually true about the way the show's being written. He's like, do the side characters know they're side characters? Do the main characters know they're the main character? Like, it's very strange writing. Um, the sketch artist working with the dead man's fiance gets nothing from her. Deb starts making her freak out again, and Quinn steps in again to cool things down. He takes her to look at mug shots. Rita is having morning sickness in the bathroom. Dexter comes offering her crackers. Rita is worried about money, insurance, etc. Dexter brings up how his insurance would cover her if they got married. And as he starts going into the tax deduction uh, benefits, she vomits again. I actually like that scene. The, the, the conversation between them. Yeah. Uh, how she's in the middle of throwing up and he's like so that's a no then yeah She's like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so good so far we have two not hateable scenes we're we're building up it's better than we thought uh deb meets up with anton to ask if quinn is a good guy or a bad guy angel almost gets caught in a sting taking home a cop posing as a hooker she sees his badge and saves him by pretending to throw him out i thought for a second he was going to ask her to pee on him <laughs> that's, that's, that's the most sad Tisa thing you can do. <laughs> wow. You know that probably was what he was going to ask for. Well, obviously. I'm glad they cut it off. Hey, but, yeah, hey Dex. That would be very. <laughs> Dex, can I borrow your plastic wrap, man? <laughs> uh, you, know. you know he's got to be into that. That guy is so, so just depressed. Well, that took yeah. a turn. <laughs> That's what that's what happens when you hang out with Masuka too long. Yeah, true. That's that's a fair point. Yeah, they have a spinoff show now called Wet and Messy. Honestly, like, Sad Tista can't do anything right. He just he just can't. No matter what he does, it just it fails yeah. tremendously. I actually thought about this a little bit more after I watched the show, um, and I thought like so. Angel, we when we met Angel in the beginning, he was married. He was pretending that his marriage was great, but it wasn't going great, and he was actually like kicked out of his house. So he wasn't getting any then, and then his divorce went through, 
and he still has not like rebounded. He like he's gone to the bar and like done like the worst job possible of picking up women because he talks about his ex-wife. So like he technically did bag Lila. Oh, that's a yeah. good point. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's I mean, a good that, point. not that that was really a win. Well, no, I mean like red flags, he's just all over it. But his <laughs> but his whole uh speech to the the vice cop is about how like he really wasn't just looking for no string sex, he was looking for a human connection. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but that's way easier to find than a prostitute. Like I feel at this, and, and way point, safer to find than a prostitute. I feel at this point like you had Zanga in MySpace. You could connect with people. Like at worst, you had like AOL Messenger. I mean, he you know he could just go completely bananas and start dating Laguerta. Like she doesn't have anyone in her life right now. That's fair. And not like she would be a challenge or anything. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, what's in it for her? You know, that's that's yeah, really the point right. there. There's nothing for her to gain by being with Zeb Dista. <laughs> <laughs> Except for maybe the passion. No, yeah. Um, Miguel stops by Dexter's to talk about Dexter's chat with Ramon and his own missteps with botched proposals. Masuka is trying to bribe people to take tickets with donuts. LaGuardia asks Angel about the Chicky Heinz alibi. He says it's solid, but she did all she could with Miguel. Uh, Quinn tells Masuka that he can be completely revolting, and that's why people don't want to go with him. The cop, who was pretending to be a hooker, comes to tell Angel that she's turning him in. He tells her about his situation, and she promises to let him go, uh, to let him off, so long as he stays away from hookers. Ramon comes and yells at LaGuerta and Angel about the anonymous tipster, who is really Dexter driving Ramon crazier. Another Dexter action behind the audience's back. We know that he's winding up Ramon, but here's the payoff of a Dexter move that we didn't see the setup for. So, it's another one of those things where, like, who are we supposed to be watching if we're not watching Dexter? Freebo. <laughs> Freebo's dead. Dang it. Chick- I hate myself. And Chicky Hines has never appeared on screen, even though they talk about him uh. all the time. Stop trying to make Freebo and Chicky happen. <laughs> uh, Freebo and Chicky would be a good, like, 70s cop show. I'd watch it. <laughs> Freebo and Chicky. Uh... Dexter and Deb do a blood splatter test and determine that the woman found with the dead body was the right height and the weight to be the killer. Deb starts questioning the woman and goes too far. Quinn takes over again, only this time it was good cop, bad cop. Uh, Dexter starts repeating the killer's delusions about her fake relationship. Dexter takes the words in, he's got a script now. And so he's figured out what he wants to say to Rita by listening to a crazy woman who killed a man who was not even like in a relationship with her it was like a stalker woman that became infatuated and killed somebody and that's what he's going to use to talk to Rita and spoiler alert it works <laughs> <laughs> well I mean yeah she she's fine with her kids being kidnapped why should, wouldn't she be fine with that <laughs> I'm just glad everyone's okay that's All's good because we gotta go well. take care of Lila <laughs> LaGuardia shows up to talk to Ellen Wolf, Heinz's defense lawyer and Miguel's opponent. 
Dexter leaves another message with Ramon as the anonymous tipster and leaves him to waste his night waiting for the tipster to never show. Deb confronts Quinn about playing her. Quinn says that all Deb has in her toolbox is a hammer. She needs to work on her poker face. Dexter goes to Miguel and says that maybe it's time that they tell Ramon about Freebo. Miguel calls Ramon. He's wasted at the bar. Dexter and Miguel go to see him, and Ramon yells and makes Dexter leave. But as he's walking out, Dexter tells the bouncer that Ramon was bothering a woman next to him and may have a gun. Um, so he's basically uh, defeated Miguel's idea of telling Ramon because Ramon is so out of control that they can't really trust him now. Yeah, these are the things that Dexter's good at, but it is interesting that we are getting this other perspective of it, you know, like, uh, which is funny because it's not like his intention to kill this guy, but he's using those same skills that he would probably to like track or uh, get in close to a victim, not a victim, sorry, I mean his victim, but they're, they're bad people, but you know what I mean, um, but like he's doing it for a different cause, you know? Yeah, and, and Ramon's a pretty easy person to manipulate, as it turns out. Like, he feeds on anger pretty quickly, so um, I think Dexter's plan is pretty sound here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yuki is outside waiting for Deb again. She plants another seed of doubt, but it's beginning to sound like her problem with Quinn may be personal. Dexter meets Miguel on a beach, because Dexter spends more time with Miguel than anyone on the show. Uh, Miguel has come to the realization that Ramon can't be trusted. Miguel can only trust Dexter. Then Dexter shows up at Rita's unannounced. Um, He looks like he somewhere found a rainstorm or something, so that he looks more romantic when he shows up. Uh, (laughs) He gives a speech, starting with some words paraphrased from the killer. He asks the three of them to marry him. Cody nods. Then so does Aster, and Rita says yes. End of episode. Thank God. <laughs> hey, just want to point out that there are seeds of doubt uh, for Quinn, right? Could be a thing. Yeah. Mm. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Give me come on. on trying to make this yeah. interesting. It's just come on, not, Aaron. You've, it's not working. Never, I think this is an episode a... where they're setting up a lot of stuff again for the future, and they probably figured correctly that they could get away with making the proposal the end of the episode and that being enough of uh, exciting development that people watching it didn't feel like they just wasted an hour of their lives. The end of this episode really just drove home the point that, like, this the storyline with Yuki needs to go. Like, it just needs to go. She's She shows up randomly and just Dr. Loomis's her, uh, telling her that, like, Quinn is bad news. And the, in, in that last conversation, she was this close to being like, and then he doesn't call you the next day. And... So so you're you're completely like, okay, well this woman's crazy, it's another Lila just going after Deborah this time. <clears throat> and the only thing you've seen of Quinn so far is that he hates Masuka just as much as everybody else. And he's actually a decent cop, which is so unlike everybody in Miami Metro. So you say he hates Masuka. I think he's the first person to be honest with Masuka. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, that's fair, but yeah, like it's because nobody likes Masuka. <laughs> so, no, but he's telling him yeah. like why they don't like him, and I don't think Masuka gets that. True. Until he tells him that. I mean, I think that's why like Quinn is starting to be more of a three-dimensional character because we're finding things to like about him instead of just all of this doubt that's been planted in the last three episodes um, and and the Yuki character coming back to do that. I think Yuki's important because we have to have a person that we, we know equally little about as Quinn to be the person talking smack about him because if it was somebody we knew better, we'd know if they were telling the truth or not. Yeah, you know, if it was Angel saying it, then like he's he's scum. Like we know he's scum, but it's this other character that we don't we don't know enough about. Um, she just you know claims to be from Internal Affairs and uh, keeps following Deb around. So I will say that the first time I watched season three, I did not like Quinn at all. But as I'm watching this season again, I I don't feel the same feeling. And I don't know if it's because I know his storyline going forward or if he's just not as bad as I remembered him being. Mm-hmm. So. I think yeah, he's... you got to watch it from my point of view where he's <laughs> great no matter what you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's interesting because they brought him in um, he's not the type of character that they've really had before. They they don't make him just a good guy or just a bad guy. He's kind of in between at the moment. Um, and, like, even though he's new to the show, he's been a detective longer than people like Deb. So, like, he has actual good advice and... Uh, uh, direction or notes for Deb about how she's doing as a you know trying to become a detective herself like his whole thing to her about like you know you only know how to do the hammer thing you don't have a poker face um, that that may hurt for her to hear but that's true you know so that's that's two conversations he has in this one episode where he gives somebody the ugly truth but it's still the truth and it still I think comes from a place of wanting to be helpful rather than just talking smack about it. I agree. Here we go, Team Quinn. Yeah. I I now take everything back. The episode was directed <laughs> by Keith Gordon, uh, who uh, directed Midnight Clear. This is his fifth episode of Dexter. In season three, he also directed the premiere and finale episodes. Uh, he's gone on to work on Homeland, The Leftovers, and the Fargo television series. This was written by Adam Fierro, who mainly works as a producer and has previously worked on Resurrection Boulevard, 24, and The Shield. On Dexter, he was a consulting producer for 10 episodes of season 3 and wrote this one episode. So, Hmm. if you didn't like the writing, don't worry, we're not going to have this guy again. Um, Afterwards, he continued to work as a consulting producer on shows like Hawthorne and The Walking Dead. What were your guys' favorite line or best line of the episode you know what's funny is that I, I i actually have i probably the most best lines from this episode which is weird because uh 
of how yeah, bad it was. And, yeah, how bad it was, clean? yeah. Were they all clean? <laughs> no, no, they weren't all clean, unfortunately. Um, let me see, but I'll go with, uh, I mean, yeah, there was some good Masuka lines. Of course, the bitch line from uh, Rita was great. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, like, the Masuka saved you one with the cream filling, and she was like, ugh, freak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and then there was the the uh, un- undercover cop when she said, "Keep your dick in your pants." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> such a great moment for Satista. I only had one, and that was the uh, the bitch line. And if we had a better room, being a bitch wouldn't change it, or however. Yeah, being a bitch isn't going to change that. That was my only good line I could could pick out of the entire episode. Yeah, I think she says we don't have a better room and being a bitch isn't going to change that. Because the yeah. she's asking for a better room and they're already in the honeymoon suite, which is the nicest room in the hotel. Yeah, yeah I actually went back and, li- and listened to it a couple times because I wanted to get it right, but it, it's uh, we don't have a better room unless you build one uh, and being a bitch won't change that. <laughs> which I thought was like double burn. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I like it when Rita gets saucy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked the uh, I liked the scene where Dexter was telling her about tax deductions, and she's just puking the entire time, like he's completely oblivious. And I'm just like, this is this is perfect. Um, but when the my favorite line is when he realizes she's gonna say still say no, and he's like, this is still a no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about the worst line of the episode? Everything Sad Tista says to the hooker cop. <laughs> yeah. Is his explanation. Yeah, all of my worst <laughs> yeah. lines. All of my worst lines are Sad Tista lines to the... Yeah. Well, but I picked my number one worst is it's not easy to realize you're alone in the world when they're talking to the, the fiancé <sighs> who turned out to be the killer. Just... Ugh, sad Tista. Come on, man. My my sad one was, uh, you're a beautiful meal. I was like, uh, that's just so morbid. <laughs> you're a beautiful meal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, the one where he's like, I'm, I'm halfway to a full-blown cliche, and then there's a long pause, and then he's like, an alcoholic cop, a uh, divorced cop. And I'm like... Uh. Okay. I'm gonna pull a Rita and start puking myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was like, the alcoholic is the other half because yeah. you you do a lot of drinking and a lot of stupid. Like <laughs> that's how you ended up with a with a rape accusation last season. So, on that note, uh, performance of the episode slash non Michael C Hall performance of the episode. I went with Julie Benz as Rita. She had a lot going on in this one, so I went with that. She had to play a lot of emotions in this particular episode. I would agree with that. Rita did very well. No love for Syl and her one appearance at the beginning. Is Syl even an actual character? Did she just yeah. wander on set and they got a couple pictures <laughs> with her? Like, I'm very confused. Just a friend of Jimmy Smith's that he... <laughs> was like part of his contract that she had to be in it. There's close contention for Chicky Hines, who we still haven't seen at all. <laughs> yeah, performance Freebo! Freebo! <laughs> Best off-screen performance. Did you have one, Zach? Oh, I was going with Freebo, but... Uh, no, <laughs> um, 
You know what? Can I coin a new? We have Sad Tista. Can I coin a new one? Yeah. In this episode, please do. How about How about Sad Suka? Sad Suka. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We got we got a little Sad Suka and a little Sad Tista. <laughs> I think we're gonna be getting into Mad Suka pretty soon. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that does it. Uh, thanks everybody for joining me for the podcast recording. Thanks everybody for listening. That's it for season three episode.